Women Taking the Lead, Episode 180. One of the things that I've struggled with a lot has been overbooking myself. So I am really working right now to take away any last bit of that scarcity mindset that says, if an opportunity comes, I have to take it right now. It won't come back around. And just give myself space to say, okay, I can take my time. I can put this off for a couple months if I need to. I don't have to take everything that comes to me. It's okay. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Crystal Covington, who is a branding, PR, and influence expert who helps women build expert brands that get them more opportunities to make an impact in the world so they can finally get paid what they're worth. She's also an author and keynote speaker who loves helping people stand out. Crystal, uh, we are aligned in our missions. <laughs> I love the work that you're doing. But if you could give us a little more information about you and your own humble beginnings. So my humble beginnings start in a small town. And I've listened to some of your shows and there's a lot of small town girls on this show. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I love that. Um, so small town, and I actually looked it up recently. My the the population of the town I live in is actually smaller than the state school. So it's back in Michigan. It's actually smaller than the population of Michigan State University, which is funny. <laughs> um, my dad was a factory worker, and my mom was an executive assistant. And um, one of the things that I really valued from my upbringing was the fact that. They showed me so much work ethic. They really demonstrated to me what it looks like and how to really um, succeed in life by driving myself and, and pushing myself to do the hard work it takes to, you know, to, to reach my goals. Um, I was the first person in fa my family to earn a college degree, and that was super special for me. It was a big deal for my family, and everyone came to graduation. And um, another thing I wanted people to know about me is the fact that I'm naturally shy, quiet, and introverted. So I had to work really hard to find my success in the corporate world and in the entrepreneurial world and really focus on standing out and being seen for my value because it was really hard for me as a person that, you know, I naturally don't want to stand out. I naturally don't feel comfortable in crowds and pushing myself to go and do those things is, a, it's, it's playing big for me. It's huge. Oh my goodness. It's so funny that, you know, um, you know, the, the cliche, I don't know if it's cliche or the saying that like your mess is your message, mm -hmm. you know, and, and oftentimes the things that we have overcome to be successful, we in turn then teach other people. And it's so interesting to hear you say you were shy, quiet and introverted. Cause that's how I would have described myself oh. in my earlier years of life. It was around the end of high school mm -hmm. that I finally, like, it was like a, a switch got flipped. 
and I felt more natural and open sharing Mm. with people. And it's developed from there. And it's part of why it's so wild to hear you say that is because I'm following you on social media. You are constantly in crowds, you know, and you're pivotal, um, especially in the Denver area for bringing women together for networking and, and promoting business events. So it's so funny to hear you say that. It is. I'm actually... Um, I'll be doing a TED Talk soon on this specific topic, and I'm scared to death of doing the TED Talk, but I feel like it's so important for me to get that out there because people look at someone who, you know, it looks like you're doing a lot, you look like you're natural, people just assume that if you're doing something, you must be natural at it, and I want everybody to know it's not natural, and it's something that I work very hard at, and everyone can do that and be that. Mm hmm. My goodness. And, you know, clearly you've had success in your life. You've gained confidence. And I think that part of it is because of your strategy of stretching yourselves like you. I, you know, we chatted a little bit before um, hitting record and you, you've talked about a couple of experiences you had where you put yourself out there, you know, where it was a little less <laughs> comfortable, you know, but it was it was the appropriate time to do it. It was the right thing to do. And it was a natural next step. Um, but if you could, Crystal, take us back to a time when you were playing small, right? We all have those moments where we just we just don't realize how capable we are. And I think that's true across the board. We're, we're capable of so much, but we always have this limit of where we think, you know, our edge is. So if you could share with us your playing small story and the lessons you've learned from it. Yeah, so when I thought about this question, I actually reflected on when I first started freelancing, And I know so many people have struggled with the same thing, but I had a really tough time charging people money to help them because in my mind, I felt like helping people is free. And if you want to see someone else succeed, you help them, you, you know, help them to flourish and then you get your pleasure and joy from seeing that, uh, there's the success from them. And part of it maybe could be because I I did a lot of volunteer work growing up and maybe it caused me to really value free labor and giving things away. But um, when I first began freelancing, I remember specifically struggling to even get the words out when they would say, okay, how much do you charge for this? And it would be (laughs) as I tried to get the words out. And then even putting things in writing, I would write little notes that said, if this is too high, just let me know and we can negotiate or discounts available. I was putting those kinds of disclaimers on myself because I feared ahead of time that people wouldn't want to pay me for the work I was doing or that it was too much for some reason or just making all these excuses that didn't exist yet. So (laughs) I'm cringing as you're talking because I've been there. So keep going. Yeah. So I actually had gotten so discouraged at one point that I quit freelancing because it was too hard for me. And I just kind of focused on helping my husband with his business. And I would pitch him and I would tell people, oh, you buy, you know, so-and-so number of books and you get my husband to speak for free and all these kinds of things. I could pitch him very easily, but I couldn't pitch me. So when I moved back to Denver, I actually started doing it again. And I had a group of friends. I had a community who were also freelancing and they kind of gave me some pep talks and some tips and tools. And with their support and having that network to talk to about it, I was able to get more comfortable asking for my value. And then I, I started 
getting customers who actually appreciated what I was doing and they were looking to pay me. They'd, they'd offer to pay me more. Hey, if you can do this, I'll give you um, a bonus. Cause I know it's a, I know you don't have um, unlimited time. So they would offer to pay me if they knew they were giving me a project that took more time. So I, I felt like after I learned to, to speak my value and to see my own value, my clients actually did as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, to- it totally just changed the mind shift when you're confident about what you're offering and your prices. And I think for women, you know, this is, you know, not well thought out, but something that's come to me recently, because you mentioned volunteering and, and, you know, we've all had those experiences, you know, growing up where we're taught like, oh, you should give without expecting anything back. And, you know, that's the way to live in community and be of service. But there's almost like we have to make a distinction between what we do for work and what we give away for free. Yes. And, and what we do for work has to have a price tag on it, unless it's, you know, you're on a board or, you know, at volunteer organization, it's easy for you to do that, but not with somebody who could potentially be your client because that, that hurts you. And it ultimately hurts them because their mentality around this discounted price, this, you know, people, um, start to value Mm -hmm. what you offer less when you tell them right away, I'm going to give you a discount. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I and then I've definitely had women that I've used their services where I've I've emailed them and been like you know can you do this and you better charge me I better see an invoice <laughs> yes sometimes you <laughs> do have to ask mm-hmm. yes because there there are women in my community who are like oh it's not that big of a deal it'll only take a few minutes and I was like then at the end of the month you need to rack up what those few minutes were worth in total and know that part of what I'm paying for is the distraction yes. You know, it's not just a few minutes is I'm pulling you away from a project too. And I, yeah, this, this whole mind shift around our value and pricing, it's, it's such a big topic, but I think the more we talk about it, the easier it is to just kind of face it and set your prices and go from there. Yes. Such a big lesson. And Crystal, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Could have been an aha moment or it could have been a slow awakening. <laughs> but in either case, there, there's a time when it happens, you're ready for action. So if you could share with us um, what led to that moment and the steps you took that led to your success. Yeah. So I want to share a story of when I started. So I have a, a networking group that I started called Women of Denver. And when I first began, um, la- when I first launched it as a real association, I had actually been running it for free for about a year, again, doing things that um, I, I didn't value it, so I wasn't charging. Um, so I actually decided that it needed to evolve. It was time, and I needed to turn it into a real membership association. Um, so I actually, I, I spent a month in doing the launch program, doing lots of promotion and really getting people involved and doing some webinars where I explained what I was going after and what I was going to do for everyone. And then I had a launch date and I told myself there was actually an ultimatum. If I don't get a handful of members and handful is five, I needed five members to join for a full year for me to continue doing the program. So five people needed to, to buy a full year subscription to the program. And after my launch, I actually successfully got the five people that I needed to start the program, but then imposter syndrome set in. It was like I was fine, and then once they bought in and I actually had to commit to doing this now, I was terrified. 
and I didn't believe I was worthy anymore. And I don't know exactly what sparked this feeling to just overcome me for some reason, but it was there and it was hard. Um, there's actually a photo exhibit um, at, a, at a place in Denver that quotes me. It's a program that I was involved in where they ask you to talk about um, a story of a challenge that you were dealing with at that time, but in an empowering way. So on my photo, it actually says, I had a successful launch, but I'm suffering from anxiety because of the responsibility of it all. But what I really meant in that quote was that I didn't believe in myself as a leader. So I was feeling doubt surrounding everything that I was doing at the time. And that was what was giving me anxiety. So I realized at that time that in order for the work that I was doing, in order for the program to grow, I was going to have to work on myself because the people were coming there for me and what I had put together. And I needed to lead it in, the, in a way that was really going to help them thrive and the program to thrive and to make it into something that will really be impactful. So I did tons of self-development programs. I went to conferences. I, um, I bought coaching. And it took all of that for me to get to a point where I finally felt like I deserved to be the leader. And I started feeling a lot more confident. And when I started feeling more confident, I started getting more really amazing members. So people felt more comfortable joining. And then the people who were joining were in alignment with the purpose and in alignment with who I was trying to be. And so that identified to me that I was on the right path for the first time. I love that. A couple of things. It's so interesting because those five women felt confident in your ability to lead them through the year. Yes. Right. But, but it doesn't matter until you believe it yourself. Um, and I love how you describe all the personal development work you did because, I mean, that's another thing that I, I think as a business owner, I came to realize, and it was so interesting to me to realize that people weren't they were buying my products and services, but first and foremost, they were buying access to me. Yes. And that was wild, you know, to think about. And so I thought about that and it, it also made me want to develop myself as well. I mean, I was attracting people, but I then also felt this responsibility of, of okay, then I need to be my best self. You know, and who is that person and how do I want to show up and who do I want to be for my community? And I find that the more work I do on myself and when I say work, it's it's all around discovering myself yes. and bringing the real me forward more, <laughs> allowing the real me to come forward more, the more reaction I get in the community Um almost a hundred percent positive. There's always, you know, there's always like someone in the crowd who's like, who do you think you are? But though they, they've got, that's, that's a question for themselves, you know, not really for me. Yeah. Um, and it, it is so wild that, you know, as, as you start bringing yourself forward, the right people start coming yes. to you, the people who are in alignment with who you are, because now they know who you are. Mm -hmm. Love that. I love that you said that, that now they know who I was. Yeah. That, that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, oh gosh, we could, this, this is a topic I could go on to <laughs> <laughs> for days because I, you know, that is a large part of the work I do for my clients is to help them discover who they really are and bring that forward in their business and have that show up in their business. And that's why I said, we're so aligned in the work that we're doing because the work you're doing for women is to have them stand out in the crowd, right? They, they know who they are. Now let's broadcast it. Yes. 
and have more people see this. Um, so it's so wild. It's almost like a pass off, like Crystal, I'll work with people. And then I'll be like, now you have to work with Crystal. So she can, <laughs> she can put a megaphone in front of you. Oh, yeah, that's a great collaborative partnership. <laughs> I love it. And Crystal, what I w- always want people to get is there is no one way to lead. I think sometimes that that's what takes us off track. Like we see the Richard Branson's of the world, or, you know, the Steve Jobs, or the Ariana Huffington's. And, and we think like, like, oh, that's that's success right there. And that's how I need to be in order to be successful. But those people found success their own way, you know, in a way that was congruent with their personalities, with their experience, the lifestyles they wanted to live and the goals that they were going after. So, you know, given that we're all going to lead a little bit differently and it's a great thing. So, Crystal, how would you describe your leadership style? I think there are two two big things about my leadership. And the first one is the fact that I really try to make sure that people understand the why behind the things that I preach. And it's so easy to just have these perspectives and philosophies and throw them out there and say, hey, this is something that you need to do in order to be successful. And you don't really explain to people why. So if they don't get the why, they don't really have this the inspiration to keep following through. But if they understand the why behind what they're doing and they know what each step really means in their life, then they can keep being inspired and keep having the fuel they need to move forward as they go and keep going back to something that they can remember. It's kind of grounding to know the why behind something. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing about me as a leader is the fact that I give myself permission to be authentic. And it's really funny. We do... We do a show, uh, I have a show here in Denver, a local TV show that um, I interview people for. And when I'm doing the show, I've had people, after being interviewed by me, look to me and say, hey, I'm thankful that you laughed at yourself or I've messed up, you know, when I'm doing my intro (laughs) and I've, I've asked the cameraman, hey, let's cut that, let's do it over again. And they'll tell me, thank you for making a mistake and allowing myself to do that and being authentic about it. Um, and I, I realize there's a lot of people that try to pretend that they don't make mistakes or try to, you know, play things off as if it was cool the whole time. But I'll just kind of let people know, hey, that was a mistake. I'm going to do it over again. And it's fine. I'll learn from it. I'll do better next time. And I think that gives people permission to not be perfect and not put so much pressure on themselves to overachieve or be that, um, as we call it, the type A that's always going, going, mm-hmm. going and never giving themselves the opportunity to stop because they don't think they can. Yeah. There's something very endearing about somebody who can laugh at themselves. And you're absolutely right. It eases the tension and lets people know, okay, it's okay for me to make mistakes too. I don't have to be on guard. I I remember when I, I started networking pretty actively, there were some people that were so uncomfortable to be around because they were always like, perfect. They're posturing. Yeah. And I don't mean like perfect, perfect, where it was more like they weren't saying much. Mm -hmm. They were holding that like almost in a card game. They were holding their hand close to their chest. (laughs) They weren't opening up. They, they were, you know, there was no generosity in, in their sharing. And I would have very limited conversations with those people because I was like, there's nothing here for me to engage in. But they were just trying to come across so perfect that I think they were hurting their own efforts of of being out networking. (laughs) They're taking themselves way too seriously. 
way too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Life is very funny. Yes. <laughs> if you can take a step back and realize it. And again, yeah, you know, the people who laugh at themselves who make mistakes, they make it very comfortable for other people to just kind of let their hair down and be like, okay, I can try this. I can take a risk. I can put myself out yeah. there because it's okay in this environment to make a mistake. Yes. And it's welcome. Mm-hmm. Love it. And Crystal, what's one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? So for the first time ever, I am putting together an online course. Um, it's called Stand Out for Success. And I'm really excited about it because I've done a ton of workshops in the past few years. And workshops have been my major way of connecting with people and really um, supporting and helping people. That's my mentorship strategy is using workshops and giving people the opportunity to work with me that way. Um, but this online course gives me the chance to go even further. So there's limitations in a two to four hour workshop, including my personal energy. And, you know, when I put together this class, I can actually go through and give examples and start going into the nitty gritty details. And you can't do that in a workshop. You can do the best you can in the time that you have. But when you have unlimited capabilities, you can just teach and teach and teach. And I'm having so much fun putting that all together. Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons for both. I do love the live workshops because I like to see people and, you know, be in the space. Yes. You know, there's something about personal space. But the benefit of an online, you know, interactive workshop, too, is there's space in between the sessions to give homework and come back, like go apply yes. it. Whereas in a workshop, it's like, okay, let's, let's put together a plan, Yes, you know, or let's, let's kind of write this out. But ultimately you're then setting them free into the world. And rarely is there ever a check-in again later mm -hmm. to, to, to ask, have you put this into practice? What happened? Because sometimes we have to pivot. You know, we try out a plan, it doesn't go exactly well, and we need to talk it through again, make some changes and put it out there again. That's the benefit of having a course that that where it's broken up and happens over time. Yes, it's so powerful. I actually thought of it after I've been addicted to this. If, if you've ever heard of it, it's called Udemy, and they have an app. So I'll go and buy classes and I go back and I look at them again. One of my favorite is um, Vanessa Von Edwards, and she teaches body language. And so I've bought two of her body language classes, and I've watched them multiple times. And it gives the, me the opportunity to just go back and say, okay, what did Vanessa say about this? Mm -hmm. You know, and go back through some of the scenarios that she played out and discuss. And it's as simple as, I mean, she has some video segments, but it's most of it is as simple as a PowerPoint presentation and her voice over it. But I can go back and go to the specific lesson that I want to go back and mm -hmm. recap. And I can keep yeah. learning from her every time I go back to it. Yes. And oftentimes in those courses, they'll say things like, if this happens, then do this. If this happens, then do this. Yes. So it's an opportunity to go back to it to be like, okay, that happened. What did she <laughs> say about that? <laughs> What's my next step? Yes. I, love, I love it. And Crystal, on the flip side of things, what's the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're currently faced with? One of the things that I've struggled with a lot has been overbooking myself. So mm -hmm. I am really working right now to take away any last bit of that scarcity mindset that says, if an opportunity comes, I have to take it right now. It won't come back around. And just give myself space to say, okay, I can take my time. I can put this off for a couple months if I need to. I don't have to take everything that comes to me. It's okay. 
<laughs> That's something I have to remind myself of over and over again. When I take it on, like, you know, opportunity is a river and there's always another one coming by, you know, and, you know, it completely changes my life. I'm at peace. I can fully put immerse myself in what I'm working on right now. And then every now and again, I'm like, oh, but this is so great. I should try <laughs> to fit it in and da, da, da. But it's that it's when, but I have to remind myself, but it absolutely is a great, um, mentality to take on. And I think in the beginning of my business, it made the biggest, um, impact for me because when I was new in business, I was trying to take every seminar, teleclass, go to every networking event. And, and when I finally realized like, okay, I'm just going to trust that if I let this opportunity pass, something else will come along. And you know, Crystal, it always goes, something better comes along. Yes. So, (laughs) So we can relax. We can all relax and just decide what we want to work on right now and where we want to put our time right now. Absolutely. And Crystal, there's always, um, you know, when when sometimes when um, the women in my community, they'll reach out to me. And especially in the earlier episodes, um, I didn't ask this next question. And they would reach out to me and be like, how is it possible for this woman to do everything she's doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, who, like, I'm feeling very, um, you know, incapable Mm -hmm. or insignificant right now because I haven't achieved what she has, like, like what's going on in her world. So I added in the question to ask about, um, each guest support system, because you and I both know nobody goes it alone. (laughs) You know, nobody, there, there's no, um, you know, the whole, um, it's a myth that the self-made man Mm -hmm. or the self-made woman, we all have a lot of influences in our lives and in a support network that allows us to do what we do. So who do you have around you that makes it possible for you to sustain and grow the success that you're experiencing? Yeah, I actually struggled with this for a long time. I didn't feel comfortable asking for help. I thought I was the person that helps other people. But now I've become a master at asking for help, asking for help so much lately that uh, I'm almost ashamed. But one of my biggest supporters has been my husband, first and foremost, because um, between the different things that we've had going on, I've helped him in his business and he, he's helped me in mine. So we're, we're each other's biggest cheerleaders and biggest business partners. So if I say, oh my gosh, I'm struggling, I'm trying to put this together and I can't get it together right now and we have similar skills so he can say, I can, take up, I can pick up the slack, I can do it for you. So sometimes he'll help me with editing videos or help me with uh, putting together a training course or things like that. If I'm working on a specific coaching program for someone or for a group, we can brainstorm together because this is what he does for his profession too. And he has the same skills. So it really is really, it's it's super helpful to have that collaborative effort at home. And with the association that I lead, Women of Denver, which is super important to me, I have this amazing leadership team that I built. And they're people that when I first started building this platform, they're people that I saw and I said, these, these women are amazing. I see something in them and I feel like they should. I, I want to be around them and I want to feed on that energy and then give back to them whatever I can. I want to be a part of their lives. So these are hand-selected women that have amazing energy and powerful leadership that I've brought in to support and help me to lead the group so that it's not all on me. Because I realize that, you know, being a leader, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure on yourself. 
And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility there. So when you can distribute that leadership and have other people that have your back and that believe in what you're putting together and what you're doing and can also help support that mission, it's so powerful and unbelievable um, support from those women. Um, And the community itself has been really powerful. The people, I, I swear, I feel like every time I'm having an imposter moment or just struggling to feel worthy for any reason, I get a letter from one of my members that says, thank you. And they literally will just say, thank you for the experience I just had at an event because I know you put this together and you put intention into this. Or if they had an experience with me, thank you for what you gave me. People um, you know, are, are being impacted even when I'm not there. And when they tell me that, it means so much and it helps to fuel me to keep moving. So all of those things and a virtual assistant or two. (laughs) 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 For the to-dos. Yes. (laughs) I love that, Crystal. I really want to underline, because you're the first person who's brought that up. And that's been my experience, especially in the past couple of years too, since starting Women Taking the Lead, is the power of a thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, because we all, you know, sometimes have those days where it feels like drudge, (laughs) you know, where it's like, all right, this, you know, it's definitely on, you know, part of my mission. It's definitely part of my purpose. But right now it feels like drudge and I have to get myself through this. And I and I think you're right. Like those timely messages that come through or notes that say, you know, the impact that the podcast is having on, um, a particular woman, like she'll reach out and say, I've been listening and this is what it's done for me. Like that will fuel me for days. It does. It's so (laughs) magical. It is magical. Like sometimes I'm like, it is amazing. Like I almost feel like, you know, a dog that's been petted on the head, but like in a good way, like, and like, it's a, it's a loving, like, good job, you know, keep it up because it just gets me fired up. I'm like, okay, that's what I needed. I just needed to know that somebody was receiving the message. Um, and and that this, this is impacting human beings because, you know, being self-employed and having a home office, you know, it can feel, you you can feel very disconnected from what's going on out there. So when people take the time to just send a message and say, oh, I love this episode. And when, you know, this was said that really had an impact on me, I'm like, that's why I'm doing this. Get back to work. (laughs) And it's so enlivening. So thank you for mentioning that. And now, Crystal, we're going to go into a quick leadership roundup. So what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Um, I would say laughing at myself in front of people. And I think I talked about this a little uh, before (laughs) and just kind of letting that go and taking my, not taking myself too seriously, um, not leading into self-deprecation, of course, because that, that has been something that I've, that I've had trouble with in the past, the self-deprecation or not allowing myself to feel um, comfortable with being myself, uh, but absolutely just allowing myself to be authentic in front of other people. What is one book that you would recommend to another woman to help her develop her leadership? The Charisma Myth by Olivia Fox Cabane. Um, It transformed my life. So if anybody else is out there that's kind of on the shy and introverted um, style of living, uh, basically it gave me the tools to stand out even though it's not natural for me. It is completely not natural for me. So Olivia Fox Cabane, thank you if you're listening. You really helped me to know how to 
how to own my leadership and be my authentic self, but also be charismatic. What advice would you give your younger self? You don't need to have all the answers today and you won't have all the answers tomorrow either. (laughs) (laughs) And Crystal, if you could share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. So this one is very funny. So Facebook, um, I can't remember the Facebook, the, the year Facebook launched, but the year I joined Facebook was in 2006. And the very first quote I put on my Facebook page is still my favorite quote. And it is, you can't explore new oceans until you lose sight of the shore. So it's all about letting go and transforming. And this is something that I'm working on right now. So it's funny that it's always been my favorite quote and it's a part of my life now. I I feel like transformation is always just a natural part of life and it just keeps happening. So letting go of the beliefs that aren't serving me is important so I can continue to explore new and vast oceans in my life and continue to be better. Be a little bit of a risk taker. Mm-hmm. I love that. And lastly, Crystal, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? On my website, crystalcovington.com, and it's Crystal with a K. Awesome. And for those of you listening, you know that you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode by Crystal at womentakingthelead.com. And Crystal, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to WomenTakingTheLead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.